Okay, so this week's parsha is Parsha's Bichu Koisai, which is the last parsha in Chumash Vayikra. And therefore, it's also Shabbos Chazak. Very special Shabbos this week. It's Chazak, Chazak, Finis Chazak. It's also Shabbos Mevorchim, Mevorchim with a new month. Yeah. And it's the beginning of Rosh Chedesh Sivan. It's a very special week. But this week's parsha also has one of the toughest parts of the Torah, which is the, they call the Teichacha, the curses, or the rebukes. We know that there's two places in the Torah where there's Teichacha, where there's rebukes that are very, very difficult and very harsh. And yet, in the Svarim of Hasidus, it's explained how even, even the Klolos, even the curses in the Torah are really brachas, they're uh, blessings in a, in a concealed way. Um, and that's later in the Parsha. But before that, in the beginning of the Parsha, before it gets to the uh, curses and the rebukes, there's some very strong brachas. The Parsha starts in, if you'll go in my ways, if you'll learn Torah, do mitzvahs, it says all sorts of beautiful brachas. And one of them is what we read here, Perik Chavav, Pasik Vav, V'nasati Sholem Ba'aretz. Hashem says, I will bring peace upon the land, Ushchavtem ve'ein macharit, that you will lie down to sleep, and you're not, not afraid of anything, nothing to be afraid of, V'hishbati chayorah min ha'aretz. I will destroy all bad animals, all the uh, all, uh, bad wicked animals, wild animals from the earth, V'cherev l'isavir ba'artzachem, and a sword will not even pass through your land. And this is the brachis, that when we will behave the way that Hashem wants us to, fulfill the Torah and the mitzvahs properly, then Hashem will shower upon us all of these brachis. Um, and the, of course, the shleimus, the complete state of the fulfillment of these brachis, will be in the time of the gul, and the time when Mashiach will be here, when there will be this, uh, the ultimate time of bracha in all areas. So I want to focus in on one of these brachis, which is, v'hishbati chayara min haaretz. Hashem says that there will come a time that I will be, you, the word is hishbati, we'll have to analyze that word. Hishbati typically is usually understood to mean to destroy. He says, I will destroy the bad animals. So, you know, normally in this, uh, the world the way it is today, uh, there are animals that if we meet them, uh, they're not behind uh, bars, we're in a lot of trouble, right? If you meet a lion or a tiger or a bear or a crocodile or a snake, uh, we're, these, are, these are harmful animals. But there will come a time when these animals will not be a problem anymore. The shaila is, why? What, what exactly will Hashem do to those animals? So the Teras Kohenim, which is the Medrash on Chumash Vayikra, there we have an interesting Machlekes. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda is one of the Tanoim, one of the sages of the Mishnah, and he says, Ma'aviram min ha'olam. Hashem will remove them from the world. So when Mashiach comes, there will come a time that there won't anymore be uh, those hurtful animals. There won't be with lions, there won't be crocodiles, whatever it is, those animals that are hurtful, that are harmful, Hashem will remove from the world, and that's the taich of the word, vihishbati. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, mashbison shelo yaziku. Rabbi Shimon says, no, he says, Hashem will not remove the animals from the earth, he will just remove their negative tendencies, their harmful tendencies. So there will be lions, and there will be tigers, and there will be bears, and there will be wolves, but they won't be dangerous anymore. They'll won't be dangerous, they'll be, how do you say, docile, they'll be peaceful, they'll, they'll have, you can have a pet, you can have your pet tiger. And that will be when Mashiach will come. Right, the little kid holding his hand. Right, exactly. And that's a big, an interesting machwekis between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. <laughs> like, well, the, zoo, the zoos of the wild animals, will they go out of business? Yeah. Right, so Rabbi Yehuda says, there won't be anymore. There won't be. There won't be any more of those wild animals. Rabbi Shimon says that Hashem will remove their vicious nature and they'll become harmless. And that's, the, that's what he says. And the Medrash continues. Let's read it together. If they will eat, eat grass. Right, right. The Medrash continues. Amar Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon wanted to prove his point. He says, 
What is the ultimate praise for Hashem? When there's no mazikim anymore, there's no harmful animals. Or when there is wild animals, but they're not mazik, they don't harm anymore. As he says, what's a greater praise for Hashem? That Hashem removes the tigers? Or that the tigers become peaceful animals? Pussycats. So we should say that one will say, Bizman Sheyash Mazikim Vein Mazikim. Rabbi Shimon says the greater praise for Hashem is not that he removes the wild animals, but he removes their wild tendencies. And he continues, Vechenu Aimer, and this is also what it means when it says in Tehillim, Mizmar Shirli Yom HaShabbos, that we sing the praise for the day of Shabbos, which you know the day of Shabbos doesn't just mean the Shabbos of every week, but it means like we say, Shabbos Umenucha Lachayu Hilamim, the time of Mashiach. <laughs> And the word Shabbos Shabbos also means to be to rest or to remove and Hashem will remove the mazikim the um, wild ones from the world meaning that Hashem will remove from them their harmfulness so, is it, so it is written in Yeshayahu in the, fair, in the very famous prophecies about the coming of Mashiach that the wolf will lie with the lamb Vinomir im gidi yirbats, the leopard with the goat will crouch. Vinahar koton noihig bum, and a little child will lead them. So think about all the miracles going on over here. You have the wolf with the lamb, you have the leopard with the goat, and you have the little child who's leading all of them. So all of this, Reb Shimon sees as proof to his opinion that there's going to be leopards, there's going to be wolves, but they will be docile. And then he says further, the writer in the same continuation of the Psukim in Yeshayo, Vishyasha Yoynik al Khur which is again the Shisha is playing that a little child, a Yoynik, a small little baby child, will play by the, uh, by the hole where the, uh, where the serpent, or certain types of serpents. Asp, saying, don't they talk about asp? Is it an asp? Could be. I don't asp. know what an asp is. I don't either. Melamed, we learn from here, Shetinik mi Yisrael, that even a little child, Yiddish child, Asid Lohoshit Es will reach his hand, Galgal Shel He'll be able to reach down and play with the eyes of this Sifaini, again, which is a type of a serpent. And be able to remove something from the mouth of the serpent. Again, the point of all these psukim and all these prophecies that Rabbi Shimon is making is to prove his point that Hashem will not destroy the animals, but rather remove their negative tendencies. So what is Rabbi Shimon? Uh, oh, so that's an excellent question. How is Rabbi Yehuda going to respond to these proofs? I mean, these proofs are so compelling. How is he going to respond to them? And that's not something that I want to go into tonight. But I'll tell you, the answer that's given is Rabbi Yehuda says that there's going to be stages in the coming of Mashiach itself. So Rabbi Yehuda says there will be a stage when they'll be around, they just won't be harmful. But in an ultimate stage, they'll be removed totally. That would, oh, be, that would be, that's what I saw written, a response from Yehudah to Rabbi Shimon. The question is, what really is their argument? Where does it come from? Uh, what's the depth of their argument? After all, the Torah says, I'll destroy the, the evil animals, so do we say we'll destroy the animal or the evil within the animal? In other words, why did they go in oh, these two different that's directions? That's like his his half uh, Similar, similar. So the Shaila is, what is the depth of their argument? So before we go into the Hasidic um, angle of it, there is a very beautiful idea that's expressed by the great Goim, the great uh, Torah like, genius. Are you recording? Are you recording? recording. Okay. Be careful. So before... Uh, you're, lo- you're lucky it's not Yeshiva. Uh, yeah, <laughs> We're not that easy at this guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. There you go, sure. 
I guess if, if it's uh, yeah, I said, 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 and there's this machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says that the that the, the the vicious animals will be removed from earth. Rabbi Shimon says Hashem will make them peaceful. He'll remove their viciousness, but not remove their entity. That's the machlekes, and we saw different proofs that Rabbi Shimon brought to his opinion. The question is, what's the depth of their argument? Why is it that Rabbi Yehuda says, you know, no more tigers, no more crocodiles, and Rabbi Shimon says, no, they'll be around. They'll just become peaceful and, and docile creatures. What's the basis of their argument? So, before we go to the Hasidic perspective, I want to share a beautiful vart from one of the great Torah geniuses of the previous generation, and he was known as the, the Gaon of Ragetshov. The Ragetshov or Gaon, his name was Rabbi Yosef Rosen. He was the Rav in the city of Dvinsk in Russia, I think. And he was known as one of the greatest minds, not just of this generation, but one of the greatest Torah minds of Torah teachers in who knows how many years. Um, the only problem is that it's very exceedingly difficult to understand anything he writes. Because everything is like, look here and look here, and that's the question. And the answer is look here and look there, and it's supported by look here and look there. That's how he writes. So just to understand him is uh, tremendous. Tell him, isn't there a quick story about him meeting Einstein? Einstein came in and he says something. It's an interesting story, but... That's it. That's what happened. No, you tell him. I can't say it because I don't know. Well, this story goes in where Einstein had a meeting with the rugged Shabbos, and Einstein comes out and said that the rugby just blew him away, blew him out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, the Lubavitcher was, was a Talmud man. They had a very strong connection, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they could understand each other. Anyway, but the Rabbi Shabbos says a brilliant idea. And he says that this uh, with the vicious animals when Mashiach comes, we can find that they argue that the same logic in, a, in an argument that nobody would think there's any relationship with. And that is, how do we have to get rid of Hummus before Pesach? How do we have to get rid of Hummus? So we know, how do we get rid of our Hummus before Pesach? We burn it. But do we have to burn it? Could someone take the Hummus and just uh, crumble it up into a million pieces and throw them out to the ear or throw them into the sea? So it's actually a machlokas. It's a machlokas in Mishnayis and Mishnayis and Mishnayis. It's right here. Um, um, we have the Pasuk, right, in, in the second part of the page. The Pasuk is Shivas Yom Matzos Techelu, seven days eat matzah. The Yom Arishon Tashmisus Arme Batechem on the first day, or really, if the Gemara explains it's the day before Pesach, we have to destroy the Chumas. Yeah. But how do you destroy it? Says the Mishnah, Perik Beis Mishnah Aleph, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ain Biur Chumas Ela Sreifa. Rabbi Yehuda says Chumas must be burnt. Chachamim Omrim, the sages say no. You can crumble it, throw it to the ear, throw it into the sea, that's fine, that's good, okay. Now, the halacha is according to Chachamim. We don't must burn chametz. We do it, because why not? And, you know, everyone likes playing the fire anyway, right? But <laughs> the minig is that we burn the chametz. But the, it's a machlekes. Rabbi Yehuda says you got to burn Chachamim, so you don't have to burn. Says the Raghav Shavar, what were they really arguing? What's the difference between you, when you burn something... Or you crumble it and throw it into the water. Or throw it into the air. He says, when you crumble something into a thousand crumbs and you throw it to the air, you didn't totally destroy its entity. It's still there. It's just you can't use it. You've, you've destroyed its form. But you haven't destroyed it, made its existence. 
when you burn something, you turned it into something else. Now it's ashes. So that bread isn't there anymore. Now it's ashes, not bread. Right? Said the Rebbe let's look closely. That's like both of them. They're I'm both sorry? changing form. One is merely changing. One is only destroying its form. Yeah, but you bread. didn't change its essence. There's still oh, breadcrumbs. The bread? Yeah, there's a million breadcrumbs. Oh. So you can't eat it. But there's still breadcrumbs. When you burnt it, they're not breadcrumbs. They're ashes. Yeah. Okay. Said let's look closely at the words. What's the word that the Torah uses for chametz? <gasps> Tashbisu. What was the word that Hashem used in this week's parsha for the destruction of the wild animals when Mashiach comes? Vihishbati. He says they're the same root. And if you think about it, the argument is the same. When it says in the Torah, Hashbasa or Tashbisu, does it mean a destruction of the essence or it means a change of its form? And notice, who is the one who said that the animals are going to be totally removed from this world? Was Rabbi Yehuda. What does Rabbi Yehuda say by Chametz? You got to burn it. Because Rabbi Yehuda says that the word Tashbisu is total destruction. The Chachamim, and Rabbi Shimon is one of the Chachamim, they say it just means this changes form. You don't have to totally destroy it to get rid of it, just change its form. So the animals don't have to be gotten rid of. You just have to make sure that they're not, they're not wicked anymore. The hummus doesn't have to be gotten rid of. You just have to make that you can't eat it anymore. You can't have it anymore. But it doesn't mean total annihilation. So Ragachavar Golan says it, that there's a logic here, there's a pattern. There's a pattern of the word hashbasa. Now, the Rebbe takes this a step further and he says, I'll show you another place where they're arguing with the same logic. And he takes this a fascinating place. And he takes it to Shabbos, right? We know on Shabbos, you, we're not allowed to do malacha. We're not allowed to do work, right? But what if one does work on Shabbos without kavan? Malacha she'eno mischavim. I did it, but I wasn't, it, wasn't, it was unintentional. Uh, the, the Mishnah's example is, I dragged the table in the grass and it caused a, uh, it created a, 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 a trough. A trough. So is that okay? I, I didn't intend to. It's machlokis between guess who? Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Uh-huh. Rabbi Yehuda says no good, Rabbi Shimon says okay. Similar, malacha she'ina tzricha lagufa. That's a halachic concept of Shabbos. What does it mean? I did the malacha, but not for the intention that it was initially meant for. So the example Shulchan Aruch brings is, I dig a hole in the ground, but not because I want the hole. I need the dirt. Malacha she'ina tzricha lagufa. Chayiv or, or, or pater? Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says no good. Rabbi Shimon says it's good. So Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon argue throughout all the laws of Shabbos. Malacha she'enim eschavan, malacha she'enim srichelagufa. Rabbi Yehuda is all the, always the stringent one. He says it's no good. But Rabbi Shimon says it's okay. Says the Rebbe, what's the depth of the argument? <laughs> Brilliant word. He says, the word of not doing malacha on Shabbos comes from tishbos. That's the same word as tashbisu of the chametz and of hishbati of the bad animals. And Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon are following their train of thought. When the Torah says you got to get rid of something, how much do you have to get rid of it? Is its entity bad no matter what? Or its form is bad? And Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon are just carrying on their train of thought. Rabbi Yehuda says, Tishbos means you can't do malacha in any form, in any way. I don't care. Malacha malacha If it's malacha, the essence of malacha has to be removed. So Rabbi Yehuda follows his opinion all the way through. Rabbi Shimon says no. As long as I do it in the form of the problem, then it's okay. So if I didn't intend to do the malacha or it wasn't done with the proper intention, then it's okay. So what we have here already is three places that are seemingly totally unrelated 
we have the halachas of burning chametz before Pesach, the halachas of Shabbos, the story of wild animals and Mashiach comes, and what it boils down to is an argument of really a definition of the word hashbasa or tashbisu or vihishmati or, or vayishbos. All of them, is, it's one word, which means it indicates the removal of something. And the question is, how far does this have to be removed? Is there a some, well, I say, in other words, you talk about, let's put it like with the fire and the Muhammad's. Okay. You're gonna, re, you're gonna, with the fire, you're totally destroying it, mm-hmm. but you're saying that the form has changed. The essence, is, the essence is gone. When you burn it, the essence is gone. When you don't burn it, you just crumble it up, the, the essence, essence remains, there. it lost its form. form. For Rabbi Shimon, yeah. the loss of form is adequate. Yeah, even though the essence is still there. Exactly. So Rabbi Shimon doesn't mind wild animals as long as they're not bad. So let's talk about Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon doesn't mind that you're doing malachas as long as you're not doing them in the forbidden form. He says malachas okay as long as it's not kavana, as long as it's not for the purpose that the intention of the malacha and the mishka. Rabbi Shimon has no problem with with the entity staying as long as its problematic form isn't here. Rabbi Yehuda says, I got to get rid of the thing. The thing is bad. Okay. Looks like you're struggling with it. Okay, you guys got it? Oh, I got it. Well, I want to talk about Rabbi Shimon. That's what I don't get. If there's time, I don't know if there's time. Time is 9.05. You know what? Let's go on to the okay. part, and then we'll get back. Yeah. Okay? We'll talk about it. This is basic understanding of their halachic difference. But let's understand it from a Hasidic perspective. What's the depth of Rabbi Shimon's opinion? Why is Rabbi Shimon okay with, yeah, let the wild animals stay as long as they're not wild anymore? Or let the, let the chametz stay as long as it lost its form? Why is Rabbi Shimon the one who sees it in that way? And here is... What's also Chitonis and Pneumius? Is that part all same kind of thing? You could, you could say it in that form. You could say it in that or form. Or Yeah, Tzur and Chomer, yeah. But, but let, let's say it in this way. The question is, when you see something negative, when there's something negative or something bad, how bad is it? Is it essentially bad? Or is the bad something external upon it? I think you're thinking about, the, what about when people sin, get rid of the sinner, sin, but not the sinner. Same idea, same yeah. idea. When you have something that's bad, something that's negative, what, how do we look at it? One way to look at it is, is, well, if it's bad, it's bad. Get rid of it. One, you know, there's a stricter approach that says something that's bad, just get rid of it because it's bad. Rabbi Shimon says, no such thing. He says, there's nothing that's essentially bad. How about Amalek? Because, we'll we'll talk about Amalek if you want. He says, there's nothing that's essentially bad because Hashem made it. Oh, right. That means somewhere in there, there's good. The form is bad. So Rabbi Shimon says, you never got to do away with the essence. You just have to take away the negative form, and you'll find that there's good in everything. Ah, oh, so this, but the question gets even stronger. How could you? How could you even have a havamina to destroy completely right. Hashem's creation? Right. So that. Mm-hmm. So that's machlek. So Rabbi Yehuda came from a place of thinking. Hashem made certain things in this world, and his intention was that we should see his bad and get rid of it. Really? Rabbi Yehuda says, "Yeah, Hashem made bad stuff and says get rid of it." Which, there's, there's logic to that too. Hashem can create bad things. And it says, you know what, you people have a job, get rid of it. Rabbi Shimon says no. And remember, and this goes back, it's interesting how it connects to last week's class, which was all about Rabbi Shimon, the author of the Zohar, who's the father of the esoteric part of Torah. When you look at things from a more esoteric p- of you, then there can't be something that's bad. I can't, no. I agree with Rabbi Shimon. Because, 
because if Hashem created, essentially it has to be good. Just because you and your feeble mind perceive it as a vicious animal, but the but it's still part of the ecosystem. Yeah. It has to be vicious to do whatever it has and, to do. And I'll tell you, the halachas, like Rav Shimon. Okay, the halachas, like Shimon. And Ramban, on this is Pasha, Ramban points out, he says, the, the bad animals before the sin of Chetek Sadas, they weren't bad. They weren't bad, right. He said exactly. badness is something that's visited upon them. And that is the essence of what Rabbi Shimon is saying. Rabbi Shimon is saying is whenever you see something, he says, don't look at it and say, well, this is bad, we've got to get rid of it. Look at it and understand that there, yes, there's badness there, but the badness is the externality of it. And as long as we can get rid of that form, we can see the goodness within. Now, what's fascinating is that this Rabbi Shimon, I want to show you his shita in another, in another medrash, and that's in the final part over here, or second final part. The Pasuk says in Parshas Naso, it talks about when Vahibayom Kalos Moshe Lahakim Esamishka. Right? So this goes back to you know, the pre Pesach. Moshe Rabbeinu puts up the Mishkan. So, what happens when the Mishkan is uh, created? The Shekhinah comes down to the world. Says the Medrash. Medrash Lirin Pashas Naso. Vahihi, Rav Omar, Rav says, Dovar Shalohoyam Shinivra Ha'ilam Ad Achshav, Nase Baosa Hayom. Rav says, what happened on that day that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, came down <coughs> to this world is something that never happened from creation. From creation until that moment, the Divine Presence did not rest in this world. Only once the Mishkan was erected, that's why he says, and it happened because it was something new. Dvar Chidoshu, it was something new that godliness came to this world. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai Omer, and this is Rabbi Shimon. He says, no. He says, don't think that way. Don't think that Hashem just showed up in the world 2,000 years after creation. He says, no. Dover Shahoya, something that was the Pasak and was taken away, the Chayzer Lekemay Shahu, now is returning to the way it was. Because when Hashem created the world, the godliness was in this world. He knows this world is essentially a place of godliness. Man, through our sinfulness, pushed the Shekhinah, pushed the Divine Presence away, so to speak. Shuvlo Yarda didn't come back down. Achahukama Mishkan until the Mishkan was created. The Thikha Ksiva Yihi. Dover Shahoya. Pasak Yamim Harbe Vachazar Lakamal Shahoya. What do we see? What does Rib Shimon say? Rib Shimon says, how do you have to look at the world? And this is this is the it's the same it's the same philosophical debate really that Rib Shimon had with Rib Yehuda. And that is we look at things and something seem negative. Yehuda says it's bad, take it away. Rib Shimon says, no, no such thing. He says there's a bad form. It's expressing itself badly. Look deeper. Change its form and find the goodness within it. And I, I want to conclude with a very fascinating thing that's it's negative to the time that we're in. We're right now between Pesach and Shavuos, getting closer to Pesach, getting closer to Shavuos. We see something interesting. On Pesach, chometz, the worst. Forbidden and we clean and we scram, and we make sure and we burn it and everything, right? Comes a week after Pesach, everyone's eating bread. It's okay. It's okay. Comes Shavuos, bread is a mitzvah. And Shavuos, the only time in the Besamiktas they brought a carbon of bread was on Shavuos. What happened? Is it bad or is it good? And the same thing that seven weeks ago, everyone was afraid of just saying the word and we're burning it. 
comes Shavuos, that turns to be the biggest mitzvah of Shavuos. What's the Pshat? <coughs> the Pshat is exactly this lesson. Chometz is a sense of, of pride, of arrogance. In the beginning, Pesach, we're just starting as a nation, that's, we don't know how to deal with that. So it's a negative. But as we grow, we're able to use that too in a positive way. Pride is not always bad. Sometimes pride used positively. The Pasuk says, I have to be prideful in the ways of Hashem. So Shavuot says, what on Pesach was so bad, used correctly and redirected positively, is not just okay, it's a mitzvah. So the essence is good? The essence is good. It's interesting, you asked about Amalek, right? That Amalek is like the, like the terrible, terrible. And then, yet we find, the Gemara says that that there was, the Gemara says, even Amalek, there was something there, there was something, because Hashem made it. That means there's got to be some divine sparks there. We have to wipe out because of all the negative form of it. But within it, there's always, how did he deal with that question? Good question, I don't know. But it's, and this is so. This is so negative to everything. I mean, we take take technology, right? Where people make this, oh, this right. holy war against technology, yeah. and there's 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 good points and there's dangers. But ultimately, we have to understand if Hashem made it, it was a gift. It was a gift for us to use in the right way. You know, the, the Rebbe was the first one in New York back in the 50s, 60s that his Fabrians were on the radio. He had Tanya classes on the radio, and, and all the from people go, "How can you? The radio was this also is trade for trade." And the Rebbe said, "What do you mean? If Hashem gave it to us, that means it's up to us to learn how to use it properly." Yeah. And that's Rebbe Shimon's shita yeah. that everything in this world is there for a reason. It's up to us to take away the negative form and use its essence in the best way possible. That's the shita of Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Shimon Bar Yeshua, fantastic. Rebbe, when are you going to Eretz Yisrael? When are we going to Eretz Yisrael? So.